0: Section twelve of Starved Rock, a historical sketch by Eaton G. Osman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Veronica Jenkins. Section twelve relics. Some rusted swords appear in dust. One, bending forward, says, The arms belong to heroes gone. We never hear their praise in song. Duan of Colloden. The Silent Witnesses. On the bluff, about 2,400 feet south of Starved Rock, at the junction of two ravines, as shown by the map on the following page, the faint and disappearing remains may be said to be still visible of an old earthwork of irregular shape. The map, made, I believe, from a survey by Colonel D. F. Hitt, for many years the owner of Starved Rock, having had his deed directly from the United States government, indicates its form and size. Much learned conjecture, not omitting, of course, suitable reference to the Aztecs and dates not long subsequent to the Noachian period, has been put on paper touching the origin of this so-called fort, which even the French are credited with having built, though its usefulness to them can hardly be conjectured. But the truth seems to be, that it is the remains of a stockade perhaps erected by the Shawano indians when they resided there as part of la salle's famous settlement of sixteen eighty two to three a reference to the Franklin map page thirty shows the location of two hundred cabins of the Chowanon at the point where these remains are found la salle says parkman undoubtedly supplied Franklin with materials for this map and parkman also says the Shawano camp or village, is placed on the south side of the river, behind the fort, starved rock. The country here is hilly, broken, and now, as in La Salle's time, covered with wood, which, however, soon ends in the open prairie. The village of the Shawanos on Franklin's map corresponds with the position of this earthwork. An Ancient Deed Translation The year, 1693, the 19th of April, I, francis de la forest captain on the retired list in the marine service seigneur of part of all the country of louisiana otherwise illinois granted to monsieur de tonty and to me by the king to enjoy in perpetuity we are heirs successors and assigns the same as it was recognized by the act of the sovereign council in quebec in the month of august of the year sixteen ninety one the said council assembled declare in the presence of the undersigned witness that I have ceded, sold, and transferred to Mr. Michael Acau the half of my part of the above described concession to enjoy the same like myself from the present time to him, his heirs, successors, and assigns, with the same rights, privileges, prerogatives, and benefits which have been heretofore accorded to the late M. de la Salle as it appears particularly in the decree of the council of the king, and in consideration of the sum of six thousand livres in current beaver, which the said Mr. Acau shall pay me at Chicago, where I stay, and upon the making of the payment down, I cannot demand from him any advantage, neither for the carriage of the said beaver to Montreal, nor for the risk, and as there is no notary here for him to pass an instrument of sale, I bind myself at the first occasion to send him one, as also a copy compared before notary of the above-mentioned decree of the council of the king, touching the present concession, on faith of which we have both signed the said contract of sale, the one and the other, the day and the year as above, and in case that one of us too would dispose of his part, the remaining one shall be the first preferred and this is mutual between Monsieur de Tonty and me, made in duplicate the day and year aforesaid. De La Forest, De La Descovertes, witness, M. Acco, Nicolas Lawrence, De La Chapelle, witness. The deed is endorsed on the back to the following effect, Bill of Sale between Mr. Acco and me, conveying the land of the Illinois. This deed was purchased in Paris late in year 1893 by Honorable Edward G. Mason and deposited by him on the archives of the Historical Society of Chicago, January 16, 1894. It is believed to be the first conveyance of Illinois real estate, though how much or where it lay is not very clear except that it was the Illinois country, made by deed executed within the borders of the state. The document covers one page of large foolscap paper and is apparently all in the handwriting of La Forest. The paper bears an ancient watermark and is of the same texture and quality as that used in Canada at the time of its date. In presenting the document to the society, Mr. Mason epitomized the facts given in this little book, concluding as follows. The grantee in the deed, whose name is usually written Michael Cow was the real leader of the party which, by La Salle's direction, explored the upper Mississippi and discovered the falls of St. Anthony in 1682. Father Hennepin accompanied this expedition as a volunteer, and, having written an account of his travels on that occasion, is usually given the credits of its discoveries. A cow subsequently resided in Kaskaskia, Starved Rock, and married a daughter of the chief of the Kaskaskia tribe a record of their marriage still exists in the ancient register of the new parish of the immaculate conception at kaskaskia on the mississippi of the witnesses de la Descaverte was a canadian voyager from lachine who accompanied la salle to the mouth of the mississippi in sixteen eighty two and la chapelle who also was one of la salle's men who was with him in the year sixteen eighty and was sent by him from the Saint Joseph River and the Millimackinac, in search of La Salle's lost vessel, the Griffin, and afterwards joined Tonty at Fort Crevecoeur near the present site of Peoria. It is quite certain that this document was executed either at Fort Saint Louis of the Illinois or at Chicago, with the probability in favor of the latter place. In sixteen ninety three, there had been already, certainly, for eight years, a fort here, and there was near it at that time a Jesuit mission, and doubtless here occurred the first conveyance of real estate, in what is now Illinois executed within its boundaries, which this ancient document evidences. It is fitting and fortunate that it should, two hundred years after its execution, come into the possession of the Historical Society of Chicago to be preserved sacredly by it with the latter paragraph the present writer takes issue and those who have followed this narrative thus far will understand that however mr mason's civic pride might claim the deed as executed on chicago soil all the facts are against such a conclusion fort st louis was a cow's or acco's home as well as la forest's at that time it was the capital of the illinois country and the center of la forest's and tonte's operations And though a fort was doubtless there on the lake shore it was a mere station without importance or regular garrison or settlers either whites or indians a depot for the deposit of furs for shipment by lake to canada the deed was in all probability signed at the fort at starved rock marquette's cross the most interesting of the relics of starved rock's ancient days is the remarkable cross of which the above is a picture made from a recent photograph, full size of the original. It was found near the rock, and is the property of Colonel D. F. Hitt. It is said to be one of the insignia of an archbishop. By some it has been called Marquette's Cross, but it is hardly probable that that modest hero ever owned it. He never held any rank as a churchman above that of priest, and notwithstanding the fact that the early missionaries frequently exercised the powers of the church's officials of much higher rank, and may even have worn their insignia, nevertheless the location in which it was found is against the probability of Marquette's connection with this particular cross. Marquette, at most, was at the Kaskaskia village near Starved Rock, not to exceed fifteen days, during those days he was busy trying to save souls and seeing that the indian village was on the north bank of the river and a mile west of the rock which was at that time wholly unoccupied it is not likely that marquette ever put his foot on that side of the river the cross may have belonged to one of the priests named in the chapter on the missions in explaining or in endeavoring to explain the presence of this cross which is not as he says pure gold but rather brass covered originally with black enamel Matson says the archbishop of rouen sent to canada one satin robe and a large gold cross with other emblems to be given to the most devoted priest in america the fathers awarded these gifts to father trisp chaplain of fort st louis but he died before their arrival and in the fall of sixteen eighty eight these things were presented to father Abbe cavier brother of la salle it is possible concludes our author that the cross herewith may be the one referred to and was lost by the owner during his rambles around the rock this is all very interesting but i am quite of the opinion that there is even less of pure gold in the story than in the cross And it certainly is a surprise to know that the Abbe Cavier had ever been awarded a prize for his piety. No one nowadays would have suspected it. However, this cross is not gold, as before remarked. Other Curios Many minor relics have been found near the rock, mostly articles of jewelry, coins of small value, metals, etc., and Colonel Hitt has unearthed also remains of French underground furnaces or bake-ovens near the rock, and now wears a heavy gold ring found there near ottawa some years ago a small cannon was found which consists of a welded tube of iron about an inch and a half in caliber strengthened by a series of thick iron rings cooled on after the most ancient as well as the most modern methods of making cannon it was fourteen inches long the part near the muzzle having been burst off its construction was very rude and it may have been made by a french blacksmith as the work of a European cannon-maker, it would have been antiquated even at the time of De Soto or Coronado. The apparent pits in the soil on the top of the rock may be the remains of holes dug by credulous traders early in the last century, who believed they might find gold buried there by Tonti, but as the coin of the Illinois in those days was current beaver, rather than Louis de It is not recorded that any of the gold-seekers found reward for their labor. But the noblest of all the relics of starved rock is its history, and it stands as a monument to those weak ones of earth, whose mortal sufferings here were in God's mysterious wisdom not the least of the many contributions of human sacrifice which have preserved to the people of the Illinois Valley and of the United States and of the world the priceless heritage of English liberty. End of Section 12. End of Starved Rock, a Historical Sketch. Read by Veronica Jenkins in Ottawa, Illinois.